Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up those hands towards heaven. Come on, let's lift up those hands towards heaven. Holy Spirit, we declare today we do not want to just go through the motions. We're not just expecting inspiration, but we're believing for transformation. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us. We pray that as we get into your word, it would transform us because it's your word that if we hide in our heart, it would keep us from sinning. As the psalmist said, we understand that your word, uh, Father God, renews our mind. It's your word that increases our faith. And so, God, we pray we would have an encounter with you this morning. The Bible says that Jacob had an encounter with you and he walked away with a limp forever. People knew that he had wrestled or he would been been with you we pray this morning not just for three songs and an MC moment and an introduction and three points in a message we pray we'd have an encounter with you and we'd leave this place changed in Jesus name and father God we also pray that KD would be traded to the Lakers in Jesus mighty name come on somebody say amen amen you can be seated what a privilege and uh, uh, just an honor to be here uh, like Max was saying I believe I've been uh, preaching at Church Alive for oh, eight years ten years now uh, way back in the day when they were in that pizza shaped building and uh, so glad to be here uh, with you my daughter Chloe my middle daughter Chloe is with me this morning so Chloe can you stand up and wave to everybody you didn't stand up come on stand up wave to everybody Nope, middle child is not going to do it. Uh, but we are so glad to be with you. Um, before I start, I just want to let you know, um, I have brought my book with me called The Art of Sonship. And uh, uh, I believe it is one of the most impactful subjects that we can talk about in today's world. Uh, when you start looking at some of the issues that we're dealing with with in our nation or around the world, so many of them uh, have to do with individuals and then have to do with families, right? And uh, when I say the word sonship, it's also like the bride of Christ. It is not uh, just for men, it is also for women. And King David is in the Bible, uh, and we see his life more than any other person's life. We have more history about David than anyone else. We have when he was a child, and then we have as he uh, arose and became a king as he defeats Goliath and then we get to hear how he raises his children and he actually had 20 children uh, in the Bible men that uh, uh, 20 boys and we know how they raised up and think about that they had the, this incredible DNA. They had the DNA of a giant killer. They had the DNA of one of the greatest praise and worship leaders. We still sing words that he penned thousands of years ago. And he missed out on the royalties, man. He could have made some money on Spotify. Uh, he, uh, 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 you know, was a, a military genius. He also was organizationally uh, incredible, even when it comes to 
uh, like the church, the David's tabernacle. He created all of that. And so he had all of this DNA, but only a few or only one son actually reigned in his day. And so uh, I know as a, a, a son, uh, as a being a, a son that was adopted, uh, I know how important the concept of sonship is. Because if you can get you right Come on, then you can begin to get your family right. And if you can get the family right, we can change a city. You can change a city. You can change the world. Amen. And so we believe this would be a great resource. Uh, I think normally they say it is, what is it, $15.99. But at, uh, come on, at Church Alive, we have a discount. Come on. $10 you can get this book. And uh, all the proceeds of the book go towards feeding hungry children. Uh, I've got one right in the front. Wouldn't even stand up. That's how, that's how hungry she is. And, uh, and so you can get one of those at the end of service. Amen. Let's get right into the message. I have three verses that I want to read and then I want to preach. Luke chapter 9 verse 51 says this. When the days were approaching, this is speaking of Jesus, uh, when he, the days were approaching his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. Somebody say determined. Come on, how many of you this morning have a call of God, a purpose of God, believe that there's a destiny on your life and you are determined to get there? Come on, anybody determined? Come on, you, how many of you even this morning, you were determined to get to church? Come on, all kinds of things happened that could have caused you to go to Church of St. Mattress, but instead you came this morning. Come on, anybody determined? Anybody getting it? You're married and you had a fight on the way to church. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Don't, don't raise your hand. You just move, just move your eyebrows like, yep, come on. But you still got here. Come on, how many of you were determined to get into God's house? The Bible says right after that, same story, Luke chapter 10 verse 38 says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. So he was determined to get to Jerusalem, but on his way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where there was a woman named Martha, which welcomed her, welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted. Somebody said, distracted by the big dinner she was preparing so she came to Jesus and said Lord doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work tell her to come help me we know the story Jesus continues and says hey Martha you're distracted Mary's chosen the better thing amen and finally out of the text I want to preach this morning is found in the Old Testament 2nd Samuel this is also a story of David this is the point of where David has just just battled Absalom. He, it looks like he has lost the kingdom, but now Absalom is dead, and now they are re-grabbing the kingdom, and this story takes place. How many of you realize that sometimes uh, the, the most important thing is not necessarily the battle, it's what comes after the battle? Come on, anybody know that? Like, COVID wasn't really the issue. Come on, it's the stuff that came out of COVID that is really the issue. And you start having to deal with it. Well, this is a text that has to do with that. And it says that one of Joab's soldiers took up his post over the body and he called out, 
Everyone who sides with Joab and supports David follow Joab. Amasa was lying in a pool of blood in the middle of the road, and the man realized that the whole army was going to stop and take a look. So he pulled Amasa's corpse off the road into the field, and he threw a blanket. Somebody say blanket. Over him so it wouldn't collect spectators. And as soon as he had gotten him off the road, the traffic flowed normally, following Joab in the chase after Sheba, son of Bichri. So let me just illustrate that. And maybe I could get Jody, uh, Steve, Fernando, Mags, and Chloe to come on up here. And uh, we'll just illustrate this message for you for a second. Uh, and, 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 and so uh, we'll just, we'll just kind of put this together uh, and we'll do this. Uh, and so here's the story. Here is Amasa. Come on. Yes. Come on. Everybody say hello, Amasa. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, Jody, uh, you can this time because, Fernando, you did good, but yet, like, I was really expecting Hollywood. Like, I thought, like, an agent last service. And you're just precise. You don't mess around. But I was expecting a little bit more dramatic uh, kind of this because we're, we're letting the people, we're illustrating this message, okay? So this is your time to shine. He had last service. <laughs> Jody, this is your moment to really do it, okay? So what happens is there's this entire army, and they are, uh, the Bible actually says this, that David says, hey, you better take care of this guy over here, or it's going to be worse than Absalom. So there is an urgency. Come on, how many of you have an urgency? There's some things that God has spoken to you that you know, come on, we need to do this now, not three years from now. Come on, anybody have those kind of moments? And so what was happening is, uh, 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 the Bible says that Joab kills Amasa. Very good. I, 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 still, you, stay in New Jersey. Uh, Hollywood is not calling yet, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it. So then, what happens is now all the army who has been told we have got to go attack this guy. This battle over here is more important. We've got to establish the kingdom. The Bible says that they all came to go fight, but as they looked at Amasa. And they looked at the dead body. They, they got distracted. And the Bible says that they just stood there paralyzed. And they just sat. So instead of fighting, they took selfies. Come on. Instead of fighting, they, uh, they, they tickled his foot. They took his shoes. I don't know. But they stood. And they did whatever. But finally, somebody that was wise and smart. The Bible says, took a blanket and put it over Amasa's body and said, come on, now follow me. Let's go win the battle. Come on, somebody. Say yeah. So today I want to talk about, you guys can be seated. That's awesome. You stay there. Yes, I love that. And I love that between services, you picked your own pillow so that when you died, you could really enjoy this service. I love it. 
In fact, why don't you text him or hashtag on your Instagram that he's killing it. Come on. He is just doing so well. Come on. Anybody ever been distracted before? I said, anybody ever been distracted before? I um, uh, recently, I was uh, preaching in Atlanta, uh, which is a big Delta hub. And, uh, I, and I was preaching at this uh, a really large church, and they do television and, you know, all the streaming and all this stuff. And so, but I was, I was preaching for them, and then I had to catch a flight immediately back to LAX. And so I was, I was there at the airport, and at the gate, this guy goes, Pastor Israel. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I, I, watched the sur- I watched your service, and, uh, and I, I heard you were going back to L.A. Let me try to see if I can get you like an upgrade or something like that. Come on, how many of you say, that's the will of God? <laughs> and, and, and so I was like, wow, that's awesome. So then, uh, like a couple weeks later, I was preaching in another church, and I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to name drop. I hate it when people do that. Oprah and I were just talking about that, how we hate <laughs> name droppers. But I was, I was preaching at this church. And, uh, and again, I had to fly back to L.A., and I was coming back, and I got to the, uh, the gate, and I just was kind of on my phone. Come on, anybody, you know, you just grab your phone, and they're always saying things over the intercom. <laughs> and you don't know what they're saying, right? And certain people, and what ty- what, when you're supposed to go to your, your – uh, and I just wasn't paying attention. And they said, if you are an active military – uh, you can board the plane first. Well, I didn't. I was. I was on my phone. I was, I was paying attention, catching up on Instagram, and so I just got up to the front and uh, just came up there. And uh, and the the lady, when she was checking me in, you know, she goes, well, "Thank you for your service." And I was thinking about that. I just preached at a service. <laughs> And I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, like, I'm, I'm like, going big time. Like, and so I was, like, bless you, bless you. I was totally pulled a Christian. I was, like, bless you, my child. Bless you. And, and, and so I got on the plane. And then when I got on the plane, like, the stewardess was, like, hey, thank you for your service. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, like, oh, like, I'm, like, the next Joel Osteen. Like, everybody knows me and like I was like practicing this is your Bible come on I was like so excited and and then like a couple other people as they were walking by thank you for your service and I was just like and it wasn't until I landed that my wife called me and she's like, why is there a photo on Delta Airlines of you with the, the, the pilots thanking you for your service? Uh, and all of you, that, men and women that have served your nation, I am so sorry. I apologize. I honor you. I will never take your seat again. Come on. Somebody say distracted. It's so easy to get distracted in our world. Jesus was determined to get to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that on his way to Jerusalem, he comes up and describes a person as distracted. The Old Testament, this text, here we are. There is an army of people waiting to walk in their destiny, waiting to establish and reaffirm the kingdom. Yet, this person who had died and was on the side of the road was causing a distraction. And here we are in 2020, and there's so many things that will cause us 
to be distracted from our purpose and our destiny. Things that will get our attention and our focus and our time and our energy instead of moving forward. And so this morning, I just want to talk about just a couple blankets that you and I need to get good at using and saying, you know what? I'm not going to let this be a distraction. I'm going to move forward. Is that all right? So the first distraction that I will bring up is I, uh, the first distraction we've got to get good at is we've got to get good at eliminating and uh, lowering the digital distraction. Somebody say digital distraction. Come on. Uh, 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 they'll say that you will look at your phone over 80,000 times this year. That averages that every four minutes we have a tendency to look at our phone for a notification or something to find out something, look up something, Google something. And so that means you will be tempted at least five times while I'm preaching to look at your phone because I plan on preaching a long time. But, but we're, we're doing that. The New York Times bestseller is called Distractible, and he says that the superpower of this century will be the ability to not be distracted. Be the superpower, because everything is distracting us. And, 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 and we are so many different things, whether it is uh, Instagram, whether it is TikTok, whether it is news, whether it's following up on ESPN, whatever it is, we are addicted to the notifications and we're addicted to the phone. Recently, I found myself, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but somebody posted something and I wanted to post back. Anybody ever kind of, you keyboard ninja, right? I'm ready to get them. And they made me so fired up, and I started to write something. How many of you know, man, I can, when you get, you can get, and I had scripture too, right? <laughs> and I almost pushed go or post, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? How many of you are grateful for the Holy Spirit? How many of you know more people that need more of the Holy Spirit because <laughs> they keep on posting? Come on. So I, I just about to, and I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, stop. And, and, and I was like, okay, I won't. And then I just realized, you know, if I would have never even opened up my phone and doom scrolled, I would have never actually gotten so mad. I would have never been so upset. I'd have been never, I, and you know how it can consume your mind, that everything you're thinking about, and then you're like, oh, that would be a good one too, right? And, and, and so, I, uh, so what I ended up doing is, and, and I'm not Amish, I'm still going to use social media, still going to use my phone, but what I did is I actually removed the app from my phone, and I just removed it. Some of you are like, oh, that's so holy. Well, I reinstalled it, so don't think I'm that awesome. <laughs> But, but what I do now is so that the first thing in the morning, I don't want to look on Instagram or Instascam, come on, depending on what you want to call it. I, I remove the app and then I reinstall it and I go through whatever, reach out, do whatever, church, post, all that, and then I delete the app and then I don't reinstall it until later on that day because I realized that during the course of the day, I kept on going to look at that, and it was distracting me, keeping me from my purpose and my destiny. And we are a generation that they have looked at 
our mental health issues, our suicide rate and our depression rate is higher than at any other time in the history of mankind. And they say that it has everything to do with the digital distractions that are in our life. Come on, we are looking to TikTok for theology. We are looking to uh, 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 social media for validation. And the only validation you and I need is parking validation. Come on, somebody. And uh, that was such a better joke than Mag's jokes. But uh, 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 we have to... Oh, you're right there. I was looking for you. I forgot you were there. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, you just stay there. This isn't a story about Lazarus. Just stay there. Uh, uh, and, and so um, uh, and this is the, his favorite service, isn't it? It's like, man, I got to sleep all service. Uh, so we've got to get good at the blanket of distractions come on somebody say distractions second blanket i think that we have to get really good at is what i would call the blanket of duh somebody say duh say it like you're from california like me and all you do is hang out with surfers come on turn to the left and right and say duh uh, uh, let me read this scripture. Let me read this scripture. I, 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 I love this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Uh, know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Verse selfies right there. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. For such turn away. The, the, Paul's writing to Timothy saying, sinners are going to be sinners. Maybe I'll try this side over here. Paul is writing to us saying, in the last days, those that aren't Christians are going to act not Christian. And I'm not saying that as Christ followers, we excuse the sin. But what I am saying is why are we getting distracted and by sinners acting like sinners? Sinners doing what sinners do. Do you know I couldn't pastor in Los Angeles if I just stayed focused on all the knuckleheads that live in my city? It's quiet in here. Come on, I, no, we have a purpose as Christ followers. Come on, greater is he that is in us than anything that is in the world. We are the head and not the tail. We are above, not beneath. We are pressing towards the mark of the high calling. And I'm not going to let you distract me from my calling because in the last days, the Bible says there are going to be some people with some weird mindsets, with some weird struggles, with some weird things 
things and I'm not going to waste all my energy and all my time trying to tell them what the Bible says when they don't even believe the Bible. I need to focus on what God is calling me to be, making sure my mind is getting renewed, making sure my walk is right so that I can help someone but not stay there where they are. Got to get good at not getting caught up in someone else's drama, someone else's trauma, someone else's mama, someone else's llama. I'll keep going. Watch out, LL Cool J. Come on. But we, 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 we got to make sure that we're not letting other people distract us from our purpose in our destiny when they act the fool somebody say that was slow <laughs> come on when somebody acts non-christian we don't freak out and build a bunker underneath our house so we can escape this mean world of non-believers. <laughs> Come on. We put a blanket and say, that's just a distraction. I know who my God is. I know who my King is. I know who my Savior is. Come on. I'm going to lift up my head and I am going to go towards where my hope comes from in Jesus' name. Amen? Last Blake, and I only got one more. Is that all right? Who give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. We got a long time. To, you're going to get a real good nap until evening service. Last blanket. Is this all right? Last, destroy, the, the last blanket. I would say we've got to get good at using the blanket to cover the distraction of disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed before? Come on, I said, anybody been disappointed before? Disappointed in church? Disappointed with friends? Disappointed with leadership? Disappointed in our nation? Disappointed with other Christians? Anybody ever been disappointed before? You just like, and it hurts, doesn't it? Because this thing called Christianity we're, we're, we're in it to be changed, and we want our lives transformed. And it seems like the people we help the most often disappoint us the most. And it hurts whether it's a betrayal or it hurts because we looked up to them and they morally fell. And we're like, what? Or somebody treated us unfair and they didn't hear our sight. And it's so easy to get disappointed. And with disappointment can come uh, a, a moment in our faith where we become paralyzed and we're just like this army and now we're disappointed with what's happened and instead of advancing, we're stuck. You ever meet somebody still talking about what happened in 1976? <laughs> right? Remember Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite still talking about if the coach would have just put him in the game? Come on! People still talking about the moment that they got hurt. 
still stuck and paralyzed in the disappointment. But I'm here from L.A. to tell you that God never wants you to this moment to be the book. It's only a chapter. It's only a verse in the book. But you are called to get over. You are called to get healed. You are called to advance. Come on. You are called to get over the disappointment. And the Bible says that, 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 that uh, it gives us another example of a blanket like this. So I'm not saying in any way, hey, hey, that, that, that wasn't that big of a deal. Just get over it. No, I'm saying it's a very big deal. And it hurt you greatly. But you're not called to stay in that place of pain. You are called to advance. The Bible says this about Noah. You remember the story about Noah? Uh, how many of you learned it in Sunday school? Remember the song? God told Noah to build him an arky arky. Who's never heard that song before? Millennials. Hallelujah. Us, us boomers, we know all about it. But, 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 but the, the Bible says this, that Noah saves all the animals. Pretty outstanding, huh? I'm kind of, when I get to heaven, I might, like, punch him in the throat. Because, like, why did he let mosquitoes on? Because, like, really? What's up with that, Moses? Or what's up with that, Noah? But, um, but, but, but we, we, we know that the Bible says Noah, he saves humanity. He saves the animals. They, they're, they're doing, he plants a vineyard, lets the grapes juice hang out a little too long. Grape juice turns to wine. The Bible says that he didn't just have a cup, but he got plastered. <laughs> Passes out naked. 800-year-old naked. One more time. 800 year Passed out. And what does the Bible says? One brother. One brother stays focused on his nakedness stays focused on Noah's failure. Now you become Noah, you're naked. I don't know if you know that right now. Uh-uh, 800-year-old naked Noah. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, I gotta tell a story. Can I tell a story? Um, we, we had, uh, all of our kids had like different things. Chloe, like her favorite thing as a kid was a binky. She loved binkies. And uh, we lost one once, and oh my gosh, had a meltdown, right? Uh, my youngest son, Silas, who's now 12, he had a little doll um, that he loved, and he always wanted it. And, but somehow the, um, we lost the clothes on it, and we just called it Naked Grandpa. It was just That's what we called his little stuffed animal, was Naked Grandpa. I, I, probably not a good name, but we got called from the school one day and the principal wanted to talk to us because I guess they had interviewed all the kids and asked who do you sleep with at night <laughs> and, and we're, we're like what did Silas say they're like uh, is there a grandpa that sleeps with you and they were like no it's just a doll we explained it to them and they were still like you're crazy Back to naked Noah. Sorry. I just had to tell that story. It felt so therapeutic. The, the Bible says that two of the brothers decide to not let it be a distraction. They're not denying that it happened. 
Get me, get me. We're not fanatic Christians that we're just like, it didn't hurt. Oh, just me. Just praise your way through. Yeah, it hurts even while you praise. But the Bible says that these two brothers decided to not stay focused on naked Noah. They stayed focused on where they were going, not where they had been. Come on, some of you need to know. Yep, it was painful. Yep, it hurt. But I am not looking back. As Paul said, come on, I only press towards the mark of the high calling. I am not letting that pain and that person, come on, define my destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. New Testament says this. The New Testament in Luke chapter 5 verse 22 says Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and he said why all this gossiping whispering which is simpler to say i forgive you your sins or to say get up and start walking well so that it's clear that the son of man is authorized to do either or both he spoke directly to the paraplegic get up take your bedroll and go home and without a moment's hesitation he did it he got up he took his blanket he got home giving glory to god all the way don't leave when jesus encounters a person he doesn't just put a blanket on it and hope it leaves when jesus encounters it he heals, he restores, he speaks to the root issue. Come on, he begins to say, sins are forgiven. He begins to speak prophetically into his future. Come on, you're going to get up, you're going to take that bedroll, and you're never going to be that way again. And so some of you this morning needed to hear, don't be discouraged. Others of you are saying, I'm more like Amasa. I have been left on the side of the road. People have hurt me and left me, and I am just now forgotten about. But can I tell you, Jesus does not continue to walk by. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I, even though I'm determined to get to a location, I don't just, uh, I, I don't just ignore. But when I get involved in the situation, I begin to speak life. I begin to speak healing. And I begin to say, come on, we're going to leave this place different than how we came in. And I believe that's going to happen this morning. Come on, somebody's going to leave this place different than how they came in. My, my, uh, I, when it comes to disappointment, man, I've seen so much of it. My, my, in my own personal life, my, I was, um, I was actually abandoned at nine months old. My parents, biological parents were on drugs. They got busted. In fact, my mom was on heroin when she was pregnant with me. When I was born, I went through heroin withdrawals. Some of you are like, that explains everything. <laughs> My wife, just a few years ago, when we were planting our churches in LA, she experienced in the period of, I think, about four years, she experienced the death of three of her sisters, her mom, her dad, and her grandparents, all while we were starting to launch the church. So I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to disappointment and accustomed to hurt. I, I could outdo anybody on Jerry Springer. Come on, I've got enough stories. 
to, to hang with those situations. But, but the grace of God. Come on, how many of you say, but the grace of God. My uh, biological dad abandoned me. My adopted dad was a pastor. And at 16 years old, he died in a boating accident. Uh, he was in a river, in the Stillaguamish River in north of Seattle, the day before his 50th birthday. And his kayak uh, capsized with him and his brother. They found that he got out of the water because they found his shoes off and they found toe prints that looks like he dove back in the water to try to save somebody. But the water was so cold that he died of hypothermia. We didn't know where he was. So for three days, we actually combed the woods looking, search and rescue, dogs, helicopters. We thought somehow he must have uh, somehow gotten lost or whatever. I was whistling that was what my dad would do whistle for me to come home I was whistling in the woods for three days hoping to hear a whistle back nothing on the third day they actually found my dad's body divers did in the river they pulled him out our church our leaders people on team we didn't know what to do because that was our pastor our dad everything and we uh, uh, prayed over my dad just out of the water, been there for three days, and just prayed, God, do a miracle. We speak life. We pray healing. Do a miracle, God. Do something. And nothing happened. He, he remained dead, and it was devastating as a 16-year-old to lose my pastor, my friend, my coach, my dad in a moment. And again, like I said, by God's grace, he... he Help me weather some of those storms. Aren't you glad for God's grace? I said, aren't you glad for God's grace? <laughs> Several years later, Rachel and I, when we were pastoring in North Carolina, Rachel had just recorded an album in Australia. We were releasing it in the United States, and we had all of our band over to our house. And we were celebrating the release of the album and uh, we all had been outside at the pool. We all came into the house. My oldest daughter, uh, who was 12 at the time, comes in and says, grabs me, says, Dad, I'm, I'm really worried about Quincy, our drummer. He is uh, he's at the bottom of the pool, and he's been there for a while. And I've tapped him with the net, the pool net, but he's not moving. He's just there, and he's been there for a long time. I've tried to get him, but... He's still there at the bottom of the pool. And so, um, obviously, we all rushed out there. We pulled him out, 6'5", pulled him out of the bottom of the pool. And immediately, people began to give CPR. They went through three people. I think it was three people gave CPR until they couldn't do it any longer. My wife is on the phone with 911. We actually have a, a, of the recording. And... Uh, I, I can remember that day because it was like, it was like deja vu all over, like my dad drowned and now somebody in my own congregation, in my own yard, in my own pool, he's unresponsive, he's not, there's nothing, there's nothing. And I wish that I could tell you that I'm just this great man of faith, uh, uh, because if you listen to the recording, it's not full of faith but as Rachel my wife is talking to 911 you hear people in our church praying you can hear my voice 
And even though I have experienced disappointment, even though the echoes of yesterday still are in my mind, there was something inside of me that I know is also in you. That even though things didn't turn out how you knew, you know that there's a God. And it might not have worked yesterday, but there is still faith that today God can change the narrative and that miracles still can be done no matter what you face even though yesterday was tragic come on tomorrow can be defining as a move of God and on the recording you can hear but I got over Quincy and I said Quincy in the name of Jesus I speak life into you even though in my mind all I can picture is my dad when I was 16 I said you know what don't care what I've seen in the past I am focused on what God can do in this moment in the future and I said in the name of Jesus I pray Quincy I speak life over you in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden there was a gurgling all of a sudden there was water coming out and all of a sudden the person that was dead and unresponsive was now being transported and then released later that night no brain damage no situation because why we serve a God that says I know it's been tough I know it's been hard I know you didn't understand but I am still a God that can turn your situation around and some of you need to hear today he sees you he sees your condition he sees the hurt and the pain and he says get up Take your blanket and go forward from here. Come on, if you believe it, would you lift up those hands? Would you lift up your voice? Would you declare, God, I'm ready to stop being distracted and move on to my destiny in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you as we close. Hallelujah. You've been distracted. Distracted by disappointment, distracted by hurt, distracted by others. And you would say today, God is speaking to you. Stop being distracted. Get on, be determined to walk in destiny. I want to pray for you. Just lift up those hands towards heaven. Father God, I pray you would help us, Holy Spirit, not be distracted, but empower us. To stay determined, not on our own, not something we do, not something we force. Let it be Holy Spirit led to say, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to stay determined to walk on my destiny and future. You can put those hands down. Some of you in this story, who you can relate to, probably not necessarily maybe the blankets, but you'd say, I relate to Amasa. And you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they backstabbed me. You don't know how they left me for dead. And I have now, it's not a matter of me being distracted. It's been more me being devastated. But you'd say this morning, come on, I'm ready for God to heal me. I'm ready for Jesus to say your sins are forgiven. I'm ready for Jesus to say, get up and pick up that blanket and start walking in your destiny. And that's you today. I want you to just lift up your hands because I want to pray for you. Father God, I just pray right now, every person that's been hurt, 
every person that has been uh, backstabbed, every person that has been left for dead. Jesus, I thank you that you didn't just pass by. Jesus, you didn't just walk by, but you said to the paraplegic, your sins are forgiven. You spoke to the real issue at hand, and you also said, get up and walk. You spoke to his prophetic destiny. I pray for every person with their hand raised or watching online right now. Father God, I pray you'd heal. Father God, I pray you'd restore. God, I pray right now something supernatural would happen that would only give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Say amen. Would you do something with me? Would you show me your right hand? Just show me your right hand. Let me see your right hand. Would you put it over your heart? Just put that hand over your heart. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I've sinned. I've messed up. I've fallen short. Jesus, would you come into my heart? Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus, I'm so happy to know 2,000 years ago you died on the cross for my sins and on the third day you rose again so that I could live changed life Holy Spirit today fill me with your spirit so that I will leave different than how I came in in Jesus name Come on, somebody say amen. Say amen. Listen, I think there's two types of people, maybe three. I think there's a couple types of people that just said that prayer. I think there's some people that said that prayer for the very first time. You've never said it. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've experienced religion, but you've never made a personal prayer for Jesus to forgive you come into your heart can I tell you you will never be the same because of that prayer that you just did others I think some of you have maybe walked with Jesus before you said that prayer and it was powerful today because while you were saying it you were recommitting you were rededicating you were saying I'm no longer going to be the prodigal son prodigal daughter I'm getting my life right with God again and if you said one of those two things, it was maybe the first time, or you would say, yep, when I said that prayer, it was powerful because I was rededicating, recommitting my life. Come on, that same right hand. Everybody show me that right hand. Come on, everybody show me that right hand. You can put it down. But if you said it today and you said, I said that prayer, and it meant that I said it for the very first time, or I, when I was saying it, I was rededicating, recommitting as I was saying it. Would you just lift up your hand right now and just wave it to me? Just lift up that hand and wave it to me. Yeah, 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 awesome, yes, yes. Who else? Yeah, 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 awesome, yes. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, come on, over there, yeah, yeah. All the way in the back, come on, somebody. Come on, church, what are they doing in heaven right now for people that said that prayer? Come on, what are they doing in heaven?